0: a dirt unit it is typical of this government
1: that uh, a dirt unit should be operating
2: dug up by the so-called dirt unit. Let's look at the offering of a
1: dirt file on me by someone in a ministerial
2: sweet loud government.
3: Embarrassing facts uh, or factoids or
0: stories
2: uh, on the coalition and uh, the fact is uh, as I've said to Margie and the kids we're going to see a lot more dirt.
4: Before we go on, there's a couple of points I forgot to include from last episode that are quite important, and then they're, they're not going to take much time to go over, but they're they're, uh, they're quite important. So it's two two things about Eric Prince aside from being you know part of Trump's um, you know circle and campaign team and uh, and working with Michael Flynn um, these days, his actual company, Frontier Services they went from working in the UAE to Africa and working for um, dictators, basically, in
3: Africa, um, fighting civil wars. Then, whilst in Africa working,
4: they landed a contract with the Chinese to provide security for the Belt and Road Project. So that is what Eric Prince... Uh, does that's what his company does now, Frontier Services. They provide security for Belton Road in obviously in
3: countries outside of China. So you could very much say he's working for the Chinese,
4: and he's not the only one. Steve Bannon uh, is also uh, his principal uh, funding comes from Miles. Guo, he's got a bunch of different names, but this exiled Chinese billionaire that seems to be real hell-bent on taking down the CCP. But then he's also weird because under oath in a um, court testimony, he actually said, uh, admitted that his allegiance is is with the Chinese.
3: And then the other thing to uh, remember about Eric Prince, is that he's not only he not only works for the Chinese but he is a knight of the Sovereign Order of Malta, which might sound like just crazy conspiracy talk if you don't know much
4: about the Knights of the Sovereign Order of Malta, but they're a thing there's about ten thousand of them um they're like they're not like Maltese per se um but they are like considered their own country if that makes sense like they all have passports like knights of Malta passports and you know, they I believe they're all considered diplomats so they have whatever privileges um being a diplomat grants you like diplomatic immunity for certain things and then also um you know, they have like a a special bag they can uh, they can take through customs, uh, and they're not, it's not allowed to be checked. Um, you're not not something like you know a cage or whatever, something you could like smuggle weapons
3: in or something like that. But certainly something document sized. So there's some interesting points to consider. As we dive
4: into today's journey, which we'll be looking at the origins of um, what is labelled the freedom movement. You can call them the anti-vax movement, but I guess they get the freedom name because before it was all about anti-vax. It was about anti-lockdowns and just this reactionary movement that we've seen spring up laced with conspiracy theories uh, during the pandemic. I've spoken about this before uh, in a live stream that I did on Facebook, um, but I have s- sort of know a bit more details now. We've got a few main avenues um, where this stuff has come from, so what we're going to do is have a look at each of these avenues individually, dig back, uh, see where, sort of where they've come from, and then once we've done that, we'll look at uh, what the common ground might be between those uh, different avenues and see if we can sort of form an idea of if there is a sort of core, you know, group that we can point to as being responsible for this, or at least somewhere that we should be looking um, to attribute accountability. So let's get into it.
1: Click right in. So my name's uh, Renee DiResta. And I, I got my start in social network analysis actually as a, uh, I guess you could call it an activist, in 2015, um, looking at how anti-vaxxers in California were networking online to influence legislation. And I was interested less in um, an academic understanding of the problem than in an understanding of how they were coordinating, who they were communicating with, where their high centrality nodes were, and why that little purple section out there, which is not very uh, interconnected nor very influential, um, um, that is the public health community, so trying to get a better understanding of where we were falling down, how this infrastructure had put itself together. Uh, green are anti-vaxxers, blue is the autism community, red is uh, at the time the American Tea Party, and the emergent yellow cluster was we were watching their messages evolve in real time as they were losing uh, votes in the California Senate. So we were really interested in very specifically um, how this was happening. So. I wound up um, in early 2016, this is not work that I did, but this is the ISIS Twitter census. Uh, I wound up getting asked by the Obama administration to talk about social network analysis and how, again, we could understand uh, who was doing what and how, because what we were finding was that ISIS's methodology for uh, creating high centrality uh, influencers, recruiters, spreading their message, building the digital caliphate, was very similar to what we were seeing being done by other entities. And so, I met these researchers, we kind of compared our findings and we saw this remarkable similarity in tactics. Which leads to um, the kind of first premise that I'm going to stay here, which is disinformation is not a truth and narrative problem, it's an information ecosystem manipulation problem. The narrative uh, is a, you know, of course, related to the particular actor, the particular thing that's happening, but when we look at this as a conceptual problem, the issue is that um, this is a function of the information ecosystem that we have. So this is a, a technique that can be used by anybody who wants to disseminate a message.
4: And that was Renee Deresta speaking at CyCon 2019 in a talk entitled Information Warfare Defining and Analyzing, talking about how she got started in this space um, researching anti-vaxxers organising on Twitter and noting their similarity to the way that ISIS would uh, spread their message and recruit members. Now, we can get a bit more uh, information on, on who exactly she was talking about uh, in an article she wrote at the time uh, in June 2015 on Wired. And she notes, and I know she touched on it in the clip we just heard there, but basically what, what she says is there's these sort of three main seemingly disconnected groups that are all sharing um, the same message that all appear to be working towards the common goal, which was to shut down some legislation. And those groups was the autism community, the anti-vax community, and then the Tea Party movement. So, you know, rabid uh, Republican Conservatives. In the article, she talks about more, uh, a little bit more detail on this sort of subgroup that that appeared in between the anti-vax community and the conservatives. And these guys call themselves the Vaccine Choice community, and they are pro-safe vaccines. They're not anti-vax. Um, so we sort of see how a lot of this stuff around these COVID vaccines. Like every single other thing this movement does is not uh, an original thought. So, looking through her uh, Wired article, uh, I'll just read uh, one of the or the last paragraph. The broader public health implications of propagating these memes and articles make anti-vax activities more than a bizarre online curiosity most of the material that the cdc whistleblower accounts tweet are designed to erode that's a hashtag by the way are designed to erode confidence in vaccination the goal is to make new parents question everything says anti-vax leader dana gorman in one of her instructional videos public health officials are concerned It is important to remember that today the vast majority of people follow the recommended vaccine schedule. They take advice of their doctors, supported by professional medical bodies and the World Health Organization, says Gary Finnegan, editor of Vaccines Today. However, it is essential that when people go online for information, they're left with the clear impression that the vaccines are safe and effective. If that's going to change... The people fighting misinformation need to understand how it gets spread in the first place.
3: So if I look through this Dana Gorman person
4: um, to the link that's provided for her emails, it shows that she is affiliated with Thrive, um, which, you know, is this... uh, Network, almost like an, a Netflix-type network, but for sort of like uh, left-wing-focused conspiracy theories. Uh, worth noting, though, that the Thrive um, name that is associated with things to do with this woman is actually spelled T-H-R-Triple-I-V-E, which is different than that network. So I don't know if it's like something connected or, or if it's something... Different altogether, but what I do know is this thrive. Well, I know there's certainly an overlap in subject matter, but this thrive that this woman uh, is from Triple I Thrive is connected with children's health defense because there's a YouTube um, there's a YouTube account called American Health Coalition, which I think is just by this Dana. Um, Gorman woman because it's just got two of her talks on it and yeah here she is in 2021 doing a talk for children's health defense Um, which is not a surprise at all because when it comes to big time organized um, and efficient anti-vax movements well children's health defense is is your center of that that's um, RFK Jr's Outfit, And if we poke around a bit more, we can see that it was very much RFK Jr. that was leading this push um, against this bill in California that Rene DuVest is talking about there. Um, plenty, of, plenty of things indicating that, but uh, we'll, I'll use the example of... You know, him leading a rally called No on SB 277 in Sacramento at the Capitol building in 2015.
2: And this is a guy who I think is a true American hero, doing the right thing. And uh, um, he's got great things to say. So I'll, I'll introduce him.
0: Thank right. you, um, As Eric said, I got kind of tra- dragged, <clears throat> kicking and screaming into this fight. And I got dragged in. And-
4: All right, we don't have to listen to any more of that because he's so hard to listen to. Whilst he was in Sacramento delivering that speech, he also did like a – I guess he was doing like a speaking tour type thing um, because he's like at a uh, more official setting, speaking to an audience, doing a, uh, a lecture type thing on vaccines and big pharma called The Results of Corporate Control of Government. So another thread that has also become uh, extremely prominent lately. So fast forward uh, a couple of years, and unfortunately, we've got to listen to Bobby again. But uh, on the 10th of January 2017, he goes to Trump Tower, to have a meeting with President-Elect Donald Trump.
0: President-Elect Trump was very thoughtful on the issue. He asked me chair commission on vaccine safety. Vaccine safety. Yeah. And, uh, and scientific integrity.
1: Did you request the meeting or did he call, did his team call you? He called. And what is it that you're looking for in terms of policy on the va- vaccines? Vaccine.
0: To make sure that we have a, uh, that we have scientific integrity in the vaccine process for efficacy and safety of vaccines. Um, President-elect Trump has some doubts about uh, about the current vaccine policies, and he has questions about it. He says his opinion doesn't matter, but he but the science does matter, and we ought to be reading the science, and we ought to be debating the science.
4: I di- I highly doubt Trump said. His opinion doesn't matter, but whatever. But speaking of his opinion, uh, he did, from about 2012, Trump was tweeting um,
3: the same sort of stuff coming from the anti-vaccine movement. But that's not much of a a surprise. He was sort of getting around any conspiracy theory that's going to go against
4: any kind of Democrat policies. But he was speaking, uh, floating the idea with Mr. Kennedy here about becoming the vaccine czar. So here we've got two avenues so far that um, this this anti-vax stuff is is coming through in the years 2015, 2016, 2017. We've got the anti-vaxxers, led by bobby kennedy and i'm including the autism community sharing anti-vax messaging as the anti-vaxxers because obviously why else would they be interested in that if it wasn't for them working off the premise that vaccines call cause autism which they absolutely do not then we've also got the tea party movement which is um the heartland institute Uh, had a lot to do with the creation of the Tea Party movement. It's built as a grassroots movement, but it's very much funded by the Koch brothers. And um, you can think of the Tea Party movement as like a proto-QAnon created in resistance against Obama. And you could see a similar thing Um, going on in Australia set up by Corey Bernardi who actually um, works with the Heartland Institute um, to create a similar movement here that was behind the objection to the carbon tax. But I digress. There was a third element that gave Bobby Kennedy here and helped to, to amplify their, um, their messaging. And we can find out about that in this paper published in the national library of medicine, which is from the national center for biotechnology information. Um, And and it's a paper um, published in 2018 called weaponized health communication, Twitter bots and Russian trolls amplified the vaccine debate. And I'll read the the abstract because it's an overview of the, uh, the entire paper. So, The objectives were to understand how Twitter bots and trolls promote online health content. Methods used. We compared bots to average users' rates of vaccine-relevant messages, which we collected online from July 2014 through September 2017. We estimated the likelihood that users were bots, comparing proportions of polarized and anti-vaccine tweets across user types. We conducted a content analysis of a Twitter hashtag associated with Russian troll activity. Results Compared with average users, Russian trolls, sophisticated bots and content polluters tweeted about vaccination at higher rates. Whereas content polluters posted more anti-vaccine content, Russian trolls amplified both sides. Unidentifiable accounts were more polarised and anti-vaccine. Analysis of the Russian troll hashtag shows that its messages were more political and, div- and divisive. Conclusions Whereas bots that spread malware and unsolicited content disseminated anti-vaccine messages, Russian trolls promoted discord. Accounts masquerading as legitimate users create false equivalency, eroding public consensus on vaccination. Public health implications Directly confronting vaccine sceptics enables bots to legitimise the vaccine debate. More research is needed to determine how best to combat bot-driven
3: content. And so here we have these three um, avenues coming together to create this hostile environment
4: around vaccines. We have Bobby Kennedy... uh, trusted, uh, recognisable name who has credentials in, uh, well, you know, he's just a lot more educated than most of the people he's speaking to, so they'll, they'll listen to him. And then you've got your Tea Party side of things, um, spreading the message in the political, so contextualising Bobby Kennedy's message politically. And then you've got the Russians coming in and creating the the discourse, sort of sort of playing both sides in order to outrage them
3: against each other on this central message. Yeah, are they working are they working together or
4: is this just very sophisticated, well um executed and well-planned
3: on behalf of the Russians to – is this the Russians or is this
4: the Russians exploiting a weakness in democracy uh, and and using it to, you know, eat away
3: at their enemy from the inside? I mean, it's hard to say, but – we can actually, um, it's hard to say without, um, you know, being at the top of the information of the Internet Research Agency, I guess, but uh, let's continue. So, 20, uh, 2017,
4: 2018, there's a little bit of a lull for the anti vaxxers. Um, Yeah, they they kept doing their thing, but the fight against different um, vaccine legislation coming through, you know, in 2015, 2016 was was over. So they just kind of kept bubbling away, uh, doing their thing. But I guess in 2019, they appeared to latch on to a new cause, and by this point, Children's Health Defence, Bobby Kennedy's outfit, has become sort of the main hub for anti-vax information. And his website, or their website, and they've got like a portion of the website called The Defender, which is like a news, a news site. You know, they write, they've got a whole team. They write articles um, about anti-vax type stuff. Then in uh, 2019, Children's Health Defence, I guess, uh, becomes very alarmed about another possible impending risk to children's health.
0: The problem is if they put them up in space and then there's nowhere and no way to escape from them. I think we need um, to organise a resistance it and we need to get the lawyers fully engaged we need to start probing the um you know the fortress walls for weaknesses for legal weaknesses and use all the tools of advocacy What martin luther king i uh, call the tools of advocacy which is agitation legislation litigation and you know i would add innovations so all of those things are you know we're going to have to summon a
3: resistance
4: to build a resistance around those kind of campaigns. And that was a promo ad for the 5G summit run by a group called 5G Crisis Awareness and Accountability. That summit was held in August 2019. August, uh, it's actually held. August into September, went over, over the course of four days up until um, September 1st. Then we have, uh, at the same time, again, the same pattern. Um, this is a, an article on a, on a blog um, from that same week, um, September, September 8th,
3: and it's called... Tea Party to Prove Risk of 5G Internet. And it um, goes on to say, members of the Altgrove Tea Party ran a vigorous campaign
4: to oppose progress by buying ads on Facebook and sending those newfangled email messages to the city's leaders voicing their opposition to 5G. In addition, they spoke at several council meetings during the public comments section of the meeting and then promptly went home to bed. Some even set their VCRs to record the meeting on the, community, on the community access channel to play at their next monthly meeting because just because they lost the critical vote with the council. They can't let the issue go, not when lives are at stake.
3: Other municipalities are also questioning 5G. With the approval... Of 5G by the Federal Communications
4: Commission and lacking any court precedent, the Tea Party is having difficulty in making their case. The health argument is hard to take to court because the FCC has sole discretion over whether the emissions of an electronic device are safe, a right unquestioned by any current court cases or pending further legislation. After consulting with their medical experts and despite knowing the hazards of 5G wireless Wireless. Members of the Altgrove Tea Party have devised an ingenious way to illustrate the danger to an ignorant general public. After extensive research, they've released a set of instructions to build a 5G
3: transmitter with common household items. What? The following was secretly recorded
4: at their last executive board meeting and released to one of our chief correspondents. 5G transmitters are, designed, are described as being about the size of a pizza box while warming some leftover pizza. That's where the idea came to me. After consulting with Steve, who used to be in the Air Force during the Vietnam War and knows all about radar. We decided to use a radar range aka a microwave oven to mimic the long term exposure to a 5g transmitter 5g transmits at 40 watts while a typical microwave is about 1000 watts using simple math 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 using simple math 1000 divided by 40 is 25 thus 1 hour of exposure to a microwave is equal to more than a day being near a 5g tower the radar range at our assisted living complex will only allow us to program up to 999 hours of cooking time. This works out to 24,975 hours of exposure at a 5G tower, roughly three years in no time at all. Heck, in a few months we can prove the 5G is bad, and long before those greedy corporations even put up any, hour, any
3: towers in town. <laughs> okay. So, I mean
4: I'm not gonna point out the flaws in that. I'm sure I'm sure you can see them for yourself, but even I know, or my very limited knowledge of 5G, that it is not the same it is not it's not the same microwave waves that are produced by a microwave. So that means absolutely nothing. But anyway, we can see there, again, the Tea Party working in unison with the anti-vaxxers to push conspiracy theories around 5G. But I guess the question is, where did they get these ideas from um, that 5G is harmful? Now, it is worth mentioning that... These kind of conspiracy theories have been floated um, through every generation of um, wireless transmission that has been rolled out from two G, three G, and four G now five G. I've even seen things starting to pop up, warning of six G. So getting in early, I suppose, but uh, it, it is a thing. Um, but you know, if you were researching uh what the best you know what would be an apt conspiracy theory that's gonna get um that's proven to you know have legs in your target audience it is one of those safe bet ones much like uh flat earth and satanic panic
3: pedophile shit but is this just the Tea Party
4: and the anti-vaxxers and defending children's health, um,
3: you know, latching on to old tropes? Or are they getting their information from somewhere? Well,
4: at the – as early back as the start of 2019, Russian outlets were laying the seeds for the 5G panic. There was a um, little mini documentary on RT, uh, which came out at the start of 2019.
5: Well, some might ask, there's got to be a catch. So joining us now is our correspondent, Michelle Greenstein, with uh, the latest on uh, 5G. And I guess the question would be that here's the setup. Ba-dum-bum. Is there a catch? There is just a small one. It might kill you. <laughs> Good to know. So you'll find How it- so. Well, a few days ago, actually, a group of scientists, doctors, environmental organizers, and concerned citizens got together, and they called for the urgent stop to the deployment of 5G. They Mm. said that it's been proven harmful to human bodies, that this is an experiment on humanity, Mm. and that this should be called a crime under international law. Let's talk about today's technology, what we have going on today. Your phone is constantly sending electromagnetic Magnetic fields in and out of each other. Whether or not you're receiving a notification right now, all of our digital tech sends this data back and forth, right? Using these invisible microwave radiation signal signals, aka radio frequency right. radiation. Uh-huh. That's today's tech. We have every cell tower, every router constantly pulsing with radiation, whether or not you're using it. Science shows that this causes DNA damage, cancer, among other things. But don't take my word that, for it. That, and that's just with 4G. That's just with today's technology. Before Correct. we get the to- 5G. Right now, you've got some of it, but exactly. not
4: that much. And that was that anchor there on RT was Rick Sanchez, not to be confused with the uh, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. He was a started off as a CNN correspondent, got um, got the boot after some controversy. Ended up working for Fox uh, in one of their Latino
3: stations uh, and then ultimately ended up at rt
4: but rt produced a, a bunch of this stuff on 5g it was a big focus of theirs and this is where the hysteria around it that was um then then uh organized by the children's uh your anti-vax um, RFK side of things and the tea party is where it all all came from.
3: And so again, you have these three groups working in unison, though, rather than um, Russia
4: seemingly coming in at the back end and stoking the flames, here's Russia providing the narrative that these other groups run with. And they do the same thing um, that they were doing with the vaccines uh, with with all the Twitter accounts and and Facebook groups and stuff leading the conversations around. But much like the anti-vax movement, these people were encouraged to start their own Facebook groups and organise on a community, on like a local community level. And here it took off um, most prominently in um, in like the Byron area, where they had some, um, some fierce anti-5G groups. And, and, and I think as recently as a few months ago, there was a, a 5G
3: tower burned down. But if we look at the most prominent 5G groups in the world,
4: seemingly linked as part of this coordinated um, worldwide effort to stop 5G. Uh, we can find this website, which was um, banned by most platforms at some point, and it's called whynotnews.eu. Um, I've done a bit of work to try and find out you know, where the website's based and who's behind it, and it's all very private, so we can pretty safely presume that it's a Russian website.
3: They've got a list of the top 100 Stop 5G Facebook groups. In the
4: top 10 worldwide Stop 5G Facebook groups, Australian groups make up the third largest,
3: which is a group called Australians for Safe Technology. And then the largest anti-5G group in the world. And it's got over 100,000 members or, or had it's gone now. And it's called Worldwide
4: Unified Peaceful Action Against 5G. And the founder and admin of that group is this guy.
2: Hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Matt Lawson. I'm from the uh, Worldwide Unified Peaceful Action Against 5G. That's a mouthful for you. Um, We're down in Melbourne today at the Botanical Gardens. Uh, We had a really great gathering down here. Um, Quite a few people got up and spoke about the different things that are happening around the world. Um, Obviously, it was... Uh, a protest mainly for mandatory vaccinations and talking about pro-choice uh the idea of people being able to choose whether they want to have their kids and their families and themselves vaccinated in regards to the covid 19 crisis that's been happening uh, myself i'm running a 5g page we came down here to support the guys running the protest today um, it ran really well everyone spoke um got up and sort of got their educational points across uh police were a little bit, I wouldn't say heavy-handed, but there was a, not the best coordination happening there. We've gone and spoken with them ourselves afterwards um, with the idea that more protests will be happening going forward. So uh, if you keep watching, uh, have a look at our page, go through Moshe's page as well. We'll definitely be doing more of these protests. We'll be very coordinated. Um, we're going to make sure we get our points out there. Um, we want everyone to know that the uh, 5G network's been rolled out without consent. Um, it's been rolled out without any community consultation, and we're going to be here trying to make sure that uh, the people are accountable and that this is this is done in the right way.
4: So that's from May 2020 at one of the first sort of um, reactionary COVID measure protests, and that protest in particular was organised um, by two people, Craig Cole and Phanos Panayiotis, and Thanos in particular cites 5G as one of the reasons behind his uh, quote-unquote activism. We can see that in an article written about him um, around that time from Awake News Daily, whose tagline is honest and real news. So I'll just read the last little bit of this write-up on Phanos Panayiotis. He tells me he feels he had remained single through his awakening process as he believes he wasn't meant to have a partner or children at this stage so he could fully commit himself to his mission. At the end of the day, we're at the end times. We have to abolish this regime, slavery, microchipping. People need to feel secure to not live in fear, he said. Oh, that's a paradox of a statement. I reckon I'm good at getting people to listen. I think I've got an ability to deliver information. I like public speaking, and through my career, I learned vocal variation, slow burn, then passion in delivery so I can engage. 100 bucks says he was trained by Craig Cole in How to Talk Like a Wrestler. He's inspired by others in the truth movement, naming Matt Lawson's work in exposing 5G. Karen Brewer in her investigations of the Freemasons, politician and pedophilia connections and Donald Trump who he says does exactly what he is going to do making him maybe the first world leader if not the first politician to actually fulfill his election promises. And it's worth noting that this same time as this interview and as Matt Lawson's clip that we were just listening to so which I guess this this happened um you know, over this um, protest. Uh, Thanos there was also interviewed by RV Yemeni uh, on RV's website. Now, Thanos and Craig Cole potentially came through um, a different avenue that we'll look at another time. But, uh, but eventually, these different avenues all met up and uh, joined their forces. So Facebook had a bit of a a crackdown on uh, anti-vax content and Matt Lawson lost his page and he restarted it again. But in the two odd years since restarting the page, it's only managed to gather about
3: 700 followers. But what they did... Is converged with
4: um, a whole sort of like bunch of people, uh, loosely connected conspiracy types, um, all sort of converged and started their own group called United Collective. And here we have um, all this sort of different um, aspects
3: of this this um, reactionary COVID measures movement um all
4: sort of like converging so you've got your sort of 5g stuff you've got matt lawson you've got this zev guy from mullen bimby who who runs um a lot of the the 5g stuff around there you've got mr just asking questions pete evans You've also got, like, uh, Usura, Rose of the um, Millions Rise, and then you've got your sort of late to the party with that group. Um, I guess the same kind of thing happened, and they had to sort of dissolve and then reformed as Millions Rise. Uh, and this is where your politically affiliated side of things um, start coming into into the group as well, and where all these different um, different threads converge. In the interest of keeping it relatively digestible, we'll just just stay on. Uh, we'll stay on where we've got to now, just in regards to the five G and anti-vax stuff at this point. <clears throat> So, let's recap. What we've got here is Russia supporting and stoking um, the flames around the anti-vax stuff as far back as 2015. We've got RFK Jr. stepping in to become the focal point of that movement around that same time. And then we've got... Before Trump had even taken office, after when he was just the president elect, meeting with RFK Jr., looking to make him vaccine czar, apparently. That didn't end up happening, but interesting that they were meeting at the start of 2017. And then we have a bit of a lull in the anti vax stuff, and they pop back up to prominence, warning about the dangers of 5G, which was a fear mongering campaign orchestrated by Russia and pushed through Russia's propaganda networks. And then we have, interestingly, we can actually see, if we look at RFK's um, campaign on 5G, we can see him specifically targeting certain areas that, ended up being the biggest sort of anti-5G um, communities, such as the UK and Australia. And whilst these, uh, these groups are bubbling away and, and gaining support and being shut down and then reforming and in the process covering up its tracks, unfortunately, we find that around July twenty twenty,
3: uh, everything sort of started to take its form, and I'm talking about like here
4: with the um, with the freedom movement here sort of started to take its its final form or its uh, not even its final form its starting form really, and then uh, and then we see the same in the US. And uh, and in other countries, and in the
3: U.S., this was coming from the uh, just, it was called Reopen um,
4: the Reopen um, movement, protest movement, and this was orchestrated by a group called Freedom Works, which is like an activist um organ- like an organisation that sort of like trains activists to go out and push free market causes, as they call it. It was, um, it was started by the Koch brothers in the 80s, I believe, and has been sort of one of their main vessels, like was um, instrumental in the organisation of the Tea Party. It's sort of been their main vessel for
3: astroturfing. And it very much appears which you can read all about
4: on the on my medium page, medium dot com
3: slash at pest control AU Um have a look
4: at the one called Freedom and Liberty, which sort of just describes this whole time in detail. And it was very much a copying of
3: these reopen protests in America, um, which is what was sort of like copy and
4: pasted to these other countries by consolidating the little bits and pieces of these different um, movements that have sort of formed around this resistance to COVID and centralizing it. And we do have an organisation here that is directly a. Um, sister organisation of Freedom Works, and it's called Liberty Works, and it's an offshoot of the um, a think tank called the Institute for Progress, um, and it's run by this guy Andrew Cooper, who, along with Barclay McGain, ended up um, founding Turning Point Australia, and then Barclay McGain as well. Is, uh, is one of the heads of this, this program the IPA runs through universities called Generation Liberty, whose logo is the same logo that uh, Reignite Democracy uses. I'd just like to close this out by reading this report that was written by the German Marshall Fund, which, contrary to what the name Sounds like it's an American sort of like research group. They did a report on um, misinformation at the start of the pandemic, and I'll I'll just read uh, a bit of it. Over the past few months, coronavirus conspiracies have followed the viral pattern of the disease itself, spreading and mutating online and off. These conspiracies have been amplified by a prominent anti-vaccine organisation which has seized the opportunity to promote their own 5G conspiracy theories, linking the fears over 5G to already established anti-vaccine tropes implicating big business, state authoritarianism and elite cabals, according to research from the Digital Innovation and Democracy Initiative and the German Marshall Fund. And while many outlets have noted the perceived similarities between the anti-vaccine and anti-5G movements in rhetoric and strategy, the Digital Innovation and Democracy Initiative, which I will call DD from here on in, DD has found conclusive connections between these two conspiracy circles, conjoining a highly organised anti-vaccine group with an active and increasingly paranoid base of believers. At the intersection of the anti-vaccine and anti-5G movements is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his institution Children's Self Defense. Kennedy is a well-known leader in support of the anti-vaccine movement and his organization has a strong online following, with 124,000 followers on Facebook and 32,000 on Twitter. He and staff members are prolific producers of anti-vaccine content, organisers of anti-vaccine protests and demonstrations and promoters of anti-vaccine conspiracies. And in the current climate, much of their anti-vaccine work has filtered into the broader public with their blog posts and articles being shared in over two dozen reopened groups on Facebook alone. So this is July. This is, this is the end of July. This was written. And this is focused on what these guys see as the focal point of this anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown movement. The reopen Facebook groups where they're having a lot of RFK Juniors articles and and uh, and just like content around five G and vaccines um, pushed through this reopen network, which again is that same Tea Party thing that we see. Um, that we have seen alongside these people the whole time. It just goes on to say, um, talk about how
3: pretty much 90% of of all uh, all anti-5G
4: Facebook groups were being flooded with um, references or links to articles of Children's Health Defence or Robert F. Kennedy
3: Jr., Um, And then it's saying there's also a lot about Bill Gates.
4: (laughs) Posts in these groups also fuse the vaccine and 5G conspiracies together in an overarching narrative involving sinister efforts at depopulation and the inauguration of a new world order. The idea that a secret globalist elite is working to create an authoritarian world government. A key element of this conspiracy imagines mass surveillance through widespread microchipping, a fear of electronic tracking systems that easily predate, predates the pandemic. The ensuing push to vaccinate as many people around the world as possible has elevated this concern, and 5G, notorious for needing small cell towers in close proximity, has emerged as a fearful new focal point, hastening the creation of this nightmare scenario. So, Rayopen is working away uh, in America, and RFK goes over to Germany, and he speaks at these protests, uh, these, like, anti-lockdown protests in, um, in Germany. And these are, like, very much um, far-right oriented because they're affiliated with this, uh, this political party called Alternative for Deutschland, or however you say um, Germany in German. And these guys are the far-right party in Germany. They're also funded by the Russians. Read a few little bits and pieces from this article. So on August 19, Kennedy had already signaled his interest into the growing anti-COVID movement in Germany. On August 11, his anti-vax group Children's Health Defense published a letter by an anonymous friend in Germany on the organization's website. Four days later... Querdonken 7-Eleven founder Michael Bulweg offered an official public invitation during a speech in Hamburg. Kennedy's organisation, Children's Health Defence, promotes the notion that COVID-19 health regulations support Bill Gates' globalist agenda for mandatory vaccinations as part of a conspiracy led by Big Pharma. In a strange statement to the podcast of True Pundit, spread on German QAnon channels, Kennedy insisted that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the US National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, seeks to poison an entire generation of Americans with a COVID vaccine. True Pundit, described as a political conspiracy website with a far right wing bias by Media Bias Fact Check, has also been written up by the fact checking site PolitiFact for misinformation. On August 28th, a lawyer and member of a local chapter of Balwegg's organisation called Quirkenden Quirkenden 731 broke the news that Kennedy was coming to Berlin. It is unclear how Kennedy managed to bypass the travel restrictions banning American citizens from entering Germany. Quirkenden could not be reached for a comment. The Daily Beast also reached out to Kennedy via the contact form at the website of his organisation, Children's Health Defence, but did not hear back. When he was over there, Kennedy appeared at the Brandenburg Gate in front of a large picture of Gandhi and declared, "'Tomorrow I will speak to the largest crowd in German history. We're expecting over one million people from every nation in Europe protesting Bill Gates's biosecurity agenda and the farmer-sponsored coup d'etat against liberal democracy.'" Goes on to say, when Kennedy arrived to speak on the main stage the next day, the crowd was a fraction the size of the one that gathered to hear President Obama speak in Berlin in 2008. Kennedy took to Instagram to tell his followers that the far-right rally that tried to break into Parliament had nothing to do with the protest he attended, and that there were absolutely no far-right activists or conspiracy theorists at his event. One of the photographs he himself uploaded appears to disprove his claim, as there's a man with what seemed to be a t-shirt referencing QAnon filming from before the press pit with a tripod just yards in front of him. QAnon channels have now switched to claiming that the so-called storm on Parliament was a false flag. Kennedy played right into the narrative by calling the far-right attendants agent provocateurs. While Querdinckin and Kennedy have not necessarily been forthcoming to media in the West, Kennedy did grant an interview to Russian media RT on August 29, published the next day. They also published parts of Kennedy's speech at the rally. Elite EU report states that pro-Kremlin media outlets have been prominent in spreading disinformation about COVID with the aim to aggravate the public health crisis in Western countries, specifically by undermining public trust in national healthcare systems. The news of Kennedy's arrival put German QAnon telegram channels into a frenzy. The conspiracy theorists, many of whom are obsessed with JFK, had been hoping for a resurrection-style appearance of the 35th US president, but were mostly content with his nephew filling in. Their members had long been sharing Kennedy's attacks on Bill Gates. Some QAnon followers have even fantasized about Kennedy throwing Bill Gates into Gitmo. And then it goes on to say, admiration for Kennedy and hatred for Gates connects QAnon conspiracy theorists, far-right extremists, and the more mainstream corners of anti-COVID activism. And I guess what uh, the context that, um, that I failed to mention before reading this out is
3: that after this protest that Kennedy spoke at, they fucking stormed the Capitol building. So it goes on to say, they
4: deny any connection between the event featuring Kennedy and the group that attempted to break into the parliament building in the wake of the protest, but the speeches he's been giving throughout the summer seem to tell a different story. By he, they mean the leader of this Kwerdingen group. At the first large protest in Berlin, Balweg cited the QAnon slogan, where we go one, we go all, in front of a cheering crowd. At the same event, he was photographed talking to a former primary school teacher who was convicted for incitement by a German court after denying the Holocaust in front of students at the concentration camp memorial in Dhaka. This guy would later film himself jumping over the barricades in front of the parliament building. They also dog-whistled their support for Reichsberger, which translates to Imperial Citizen, a movement similar to sovereign citizens in the US by calling on protesters to research the term peace treaty. They believe the German government to be a puppet state controlled by the Allied forces, pointing to the lack of an official peace treaty after World War II. Telegram channels in Germany had previously spread the rumour that Trump made Kennedy his ambassador, and Kennedy was on his way to the Russian embassy where he would sign the eagerly awaited peace treaty and usher in a new government. The position of ambassador to Germany has been vacant since May, and we're just about at an hour, so we'll call it there. On the note of the ending of that article, I want to give us, as Australians, something extra to think about on top of all the shit that we've covered so far. The sovereign citizens movement has been a part of, of this from the start, and I don't know much about it. Uh, I haven't. I mean, I've known it's there the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I need to pick my battles. And that's the battle that I decided to omit. Yeah, I know bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I know people who um, have certainly been keeping an eye on that movement and do really good Work in uh, siphoning the truth or legitimacy, you know, out of out of it. Um, so maybe we can get them on and chat to them, but regardless, <clears throat> it seems like a tactic here that's that's being used by the Russians is to you know, find those hot button issues. Um, around sovereignty for these sovereign citizen types who are the most violent out of any of these groups they've targeted. They target in Australia, and particularly, they're, they're the ones that, you know, have guns. But we've got a, I guess, Germany also has a particularly potent. Sort of narrative there with the lack of a peace treaty after World War Two, but we actually have a political issue that is going to be the conversation soon when we have to vote on it. The Indigenous voice to Parliament, and you can guarantee that these people that's going to become their issue, their will be their next campaign, so to speak. And Indigenous communities in particular have been targeted. and You know, they're almost an easy target for the sovereign citizen pushes because sovereignty was never ceded. And they can play on this generational resentment and really stoke it. All in all, like, the Aboriginal community is actually really good at avoiding this misinformation, particularly around, you know, vaccines and stuff because... They've been fucked over by us before. When, when I say us, I mean like you know people. This has happened before. Like this is the thing. Like, like I'm not saying I'm not saying this has happened before in terms of their narrative has happened to them before with with you know uh, the death jabs. But what I'm saying is similar stuff has happened in the past with them in terms of uh, con men, um, giving false information about certain things that would have protected them for malicious reasons. So they're they're, they're good at following the best medical advice, which is great. But we have to be careful that some of these influences in this sovereign citizen movement that are of Aboriginal heritage can't influence this vote on the voice to parliament and rally Aboriginal people against it. And yeah, I wanted to do a whole uh, a whole episode on this, and I might if I can find it. But the, there was already the seeds of a conspiracy theory around the um, voice to Parliament that was being seeded. I want to say I want to say twenty twenty, but maybe it was the start of twenty twenty one in a lot of these anti-lockdown groups, in a lot of them. I saw them in one, actually. And I'm pretty sure it was the Dictator Dan group. And it was very similar to this the whole, like, Stairs thing, where it's, like, an account that has been in the group since its inception but has never posted anything just makes a few random posts of, like, you maybe a caption like "Oh well, look at this," or even just no caption, just the video of these like YouTube videos with this again, same as the COVID stuff. This like young um, woman, you know, posing as a journal, uh, independent journalist, and that she would stumbled upon um, these guys in the outback. There's two Aboriginal blokes who are telling her about this inside scoop that the whole Indigenous voice thing is um, just a plot by the government and the actual people they've got, quote-unquote, speaking for the Aboriginal community are fake Aboriginals that work for the government and that this treaty is not what they think it's going to be. And this was, like, I remember finding this, um, this girl's YouTube page, and there was probably 30 or 40 videos of her just, like, documenting this whole, like, grand conspiracy she's uncovered. And she's, like, filming herself in, like, the desert and shit. I, I wish I could find it.
3: <clears throat>
4: and I am positive that I ripped a few of those videos but I cannot for the life of me find them. I'm so shit at labeling videos. I get caught out by it again and again, and I don't. but I'll keep looking. I can't find the posts in the groups. I've searched a lot, um, but it was a thing. And if I can find it, I oh, will play it on this podcast. But all I'm saying is, we need to watch out for that and we need to be ready to c- try and knock this on its head before it uh, it gets going. Because it sounds like ridiculous, but so does like all the other shit that people just readily buy into.
3: All right, let's call it there. Lots to think about. So that is the uh overview of the
4: storyline of the anti-vax 5g well of the 5g side which just happens to be anti-vax the anti-vax side also um of the freedom
0: movement the dirt unit it is typical of this government that uh, a dirt unit should be operating dug up by the so-called
2: dirt unit Let's look at the offering of a dirt file on me by someone in a ministerial sweet in the Howard Government. Embarrassing facts uh, or factoids or stories uh, on the Coalition and uh, the fact is uh, as I've said to Margie and the kids, we're going to see a lot more
3: dirt.